Welcome to the Connected Spirit Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Dawson. I'm a working medium, spiritualist minister, certified spiritual life coach, and mentor. My goal is to help support today's modern mediums and spiritual seekers in making strong connections with their own spirit and spirit helpers. I will share all I know about mediumship development and spirituality. I invite you to join me on this journey. Welcome back to the show, everybody. My next guest is known as one of the UK's youngest, most successful mediums. He's building an impressive reputation in the UK and in America with how strongly connected he is to the spirit world. He is well known for taking on the characteristics and personalities of spirit communicators. The detail in the evidence is outstanding and leaves people knowing that their loved ones are still with them. He brings a fresh and vibrant modern form of mediumship to the spiritual movement. Also, as an international teacher, he has a great passion for helping others on their journey to develop their own mediumship. I am so pleased to welcome, all the way from Scotland, Dominic Bogue to the show. So nice to have you here, Dominic. Courtney, it's an absolute pleasure and an honor to be here and spend this time with you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're most welcome. I actually, just to let my listeners know how I found about about you, was a couple yeah. years ago, you did a show on the Kobe Rebel Show. And I just was so impressed with your connection with spirit, how you spoke about mediumship and development and unfoldment. And I just thought, wow, there's this authenticity there. And it resonates. For me, I always love connecting with people, meeting with people that are very much straight shooters, but there's this authenticity and this heart of service to the spirit world. And it just resonated so deeply. So I'm so pleased that we were able to connect here. Yeah, well, the magic has allowed us to do that. So there must be a reason and a greater purpose for our connection. So let's see what unfolds and uh, see where the journey leads us. Sounds good. So I do know that you began, uh, became really aware of the spirit world about the age of 14. And it was through um, a very difficult experience. And then by about age 16, you started working with the spirit world. Could you maybe tell my listeners a little bit about that you know, difficult experience that you went through that led you to understand that there is another world and that our loved ones are still very much alive, just in a different form. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as, as you said, uh, I was 14 and uh, growing up in a very small uh, family, I had no knowledge of what life after death was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had no knowledge of mediumship or even communicating with the, the so-called dead, to be honest. I was brought up in a non-religious background. So, you know, church or God, whatever he or she may be, that was nothing that really absorbed my my life. So, in a sense, it was a very simple life. Um, but my father passed away very suddenly. Um, we didn't get to say goodbye. We didn't get to, to you know, part our ways or, or, or say that final I loved you. And that was the first ever experience of loss or grief or even death that actually had impacted my life. And 
I had no idea how to deal with it. No idea if I was even going to see my father again, because mm-hmm. as that young, that young child that I was, I truly was under the illusion that when someone dies, then they're gone. And yeah. we unfortunately will never see each other once again. So after the, the the cops, after the police had came and you know broke the news to to myself, my mom, uh, and my, my my older sister that my my father had passed away, our whole life had crumbled. Everything had shattered. My mom was still so very young. She she was distraught. She was yeah. a broken woman, and she still had my younger brother to try to to nurse and to mother. Um, my younger brother Stuart was maybe six five or six years of age so we all tried to pull together we all in a sense grieved in our own way and as you know there's no right or wrong way to to grieve did we do it right did we do it wrong who knows but we done it in the way that we done it and for a while I took myself out of the equation I you know spent a lot of time online talking to my friends and just trying to get back into school routine whilst my mum was still broken and trying to heal so my grandparents and my mum's friends really gathered around and my mum and my little brother but things started to unfold with me in my world and I know that sounds weird to say my world but like I said I really took myself out of the whole mayhem of what was going on with with the family to just try to was I trying to disguise it was I trying to um you know ignore it and maybe it will all go away absolutely but I remember one evening just sitting talking on uh before we had Facebook and before we had anything we had uh, Yahoo Messenger and I was talking to my, my friends and all of a sudden I could feel things start to change in the room. There was a static feeling, almost like the hairs on the back of my neck stood up, became really cold. And I, I had that weird feeling like, you know, when you feel someone's watching you? Yes. I had that feeling. And let me tell you, that is not just in Hollywood that that thing can feel so real. Because yeah. just as I turned to the side in the room, I could see the silhouette just as clear as you and I of my father. Yeah. And um, he had said a few words to me and just as quick as he had materialized, if you want to say, mm-hmm. his apparition had then uh, had gone. So fast forward a few weeks, I kept all that to myself. I didn't tell my mom, I didn't tell anyone because that was the last thing I, I needed to, to put onto my mom was burdening her that, you know, now her son is seeing dead people. Yeah, you know? that's a lot. It um, can be a lot. Yeah. So I kept that to myself. And uh, as I went through my normal life back in school, you know, I'd be sitting in school, other students around me and you know, I'm trying to concentrate and I could see like spirit people of the teacher standing at the front of the class, walking past and talking and eventually they acknowledged me, I was acknowledging them. So I became a bit disruptive in class um, and things just really started to go crazy. So I, again, really kept it to myself. I didn't want to, you know, be the odd one out in class and to really, you know, express that I was, am I going crazy? Is there something weird here? But later through the the period, my mum went to our local spiritualist church her and my sister and uh, the medium that evening had brought a communication from my father 
And through that communication, she had said to my mum that your husband's telling me about your son and that your son can hear the voices of spirit and can do this. And my mum had no idea. She probably gave this medium the most cruelest and evilest of look. Like, are you what serious? Are you, yeah, what are you yeah, talking about? <laughs> I could only imagine. So later that evening, I, I had came home and uh, my mum was sat with uh, one of the neighbours and uh, she said, um, do you have something to tell me? And I gave her the innocent look that I possibly could have. Like, no. <laughs> no, I'm like, oh God, she's on to me. Um, and she says, I was at the spooky place this evening and your dad came through and told me that you are talking to the spirits. And the look on my face must have told a thousand words. She says, it's true, isn't it? Look at you, look, you, 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 you. And I says, well, after dad passed, so I started to unfold and I started to tell things. So curiosity kills the cat. The cat. I decided I would go to the spiritualist church the following week, okay. and I sat up the back of the room. And uh, if there was maybe fifty people, and uh, all middle aged and above, I would yeah. be the youngest person sitting there, probably standing out like a sore thumb, curled up in the back. Like, let's see what crazy stuff goes on here, shall we? Yeah. And maybe the third or the fourth message in. Uh, the medium, the guest medium had said, and to the young boy sitting at the back, I've got your father here. I kid you not, Courtney, I turned around and looked to the back and it was a wall. I couldn't have got any further <laughs> to the back of the room. And I went, oh, me. And she said, yes, you. She says, your, your father's past, hasn't he? I says, yes. And she gave me details. She gave me information. And the beautiful thing was she was ab- actually able to give me, through my father, the street name of where he was found passed away. Wow. So that, yep. So that really had my eyes open, my ears listening. She says, father's telling me that I have to teach you. Now I'm looking at her like, oh, so this is something you teach. You teach how to talk to dead people. (laughs) And she says every, every couple of days, uh, I think it was on a Tuesday. um, We have a development circle and uh, you're more than welcome to come curiosity kills a cat 14 year old Dominic goes to the development circle sitting with the 50 the 60 the 70 year old uh mostly women not that there's a problem with that no but but it's very common it's very common in spiritualist churches to see a lot of women and they're mature in age yeah so there's me 14 years of age in with people (laughs) the age of my mother my grandma yeah and uh, I was taking on like the baby in that circle, I was able to then harness, develop, and start to understand what was going on with Dominic, what this was that has started to unfold with me. Mm-hmm. And since then, from 14 to 16, I sat in that development circle three evenings a week to build the, re- the, the relationship that I have now with the spirit world to help me understand what was And it was an absolute blessing that I actually had a door open for me to be nourished, to be guided and supported. Because like I said, we didn't grow up with mediumship or life after death. There was no way mama was going to be able to train me and to know that I wasn't crazy, (laughs) you know? 
And then come 16, after practice and practice and working and, you know, my, my mentor put me through, through the, the stages. You know, she would blindfold me. She would give me objects. She would sit people in front of me. She would tell me, you know, get the connection, who it is, go deeper, yep. deeper. And after a while, I became comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I then started to do platform around the churches. And people just started to catch on of this young boy who has this connection, if you want to say, and then private readings. People were lining up before the church service, after the service, wanting to book private readings. And so at the age of 16, I then started to um, take it professionally and start doing it properly. And uh, things took off from there. Dominic, that's a lot of progress and growth within such really a short period of time. For I'm going to say from my understanding, and even from when I've sat in development, most developments, our teachers would have a sit once a week. So you're like tripling that. So that is intensive development. And how did you find being so young and then having, I want to say almost this there comes a big responsibility and a pressure that comes with people's other uh, expectations of you to perform. And okay, we know this guy, we've heard about him. Now let's see him. How did you cope with that at such a young age? That's a, that's a very good question, to be honest with you. Um, if we were to take it back just a step before, I became aware of of this change in my life. And yeah. it wasn't something that you know, I, I, I tapped into or something mm-hmm. that I went seeking. Uh, I, I believe this shift happened within my soul that then my soul had realized now is the time for the boy yes. to meet the spirit. So again, in no disrespect to the spirit, I, I didn't choose this. You know, I, I didn't choose to be a medium. As, as I always say to, to, to people, my students or to my audiences, I did not jump out my bed and decide to talk to dead people. You know, I, I believe yeah. organically, um, perhaps the mediumship was already there within my soul, but the death of my dad, the grieving, the um, that trauma, in a sense, perhaps had opened that up. As I started to develop and, you know, I'm a true believer, the more you practice and the more you're in that power of the spirit, then the stronger your relationship becomes. So yes. in a sense, it became more of a way of life. For me, this became normal for me. Yeah. The performing fact, absolutely. It was intimidating. It was scary. Um, Will I be able to perform was always something that would be in the back of our our minds as mediums. But also for me, um, but I guess being so young, I maybe had a little bit of charm or I was cocky. You know, maybe (laughs) I thought, you know what, I could pull this off regardless but without sounding egotistical or, you know, blowing anything of my own trumpet, I just really knew that I had spirit there. I just yeah. knew, you know, it wasn't a belief for me. It wasn't a, a, this can be possible. It was a knowing. I knew they were there. And mm. I was always taught by my, my, my teacher, they will never let you down. They will it's never the let you down. If mm. you extend that hand to the spirit and if you say, I am here for you, I sit for you and I welcome you. Why would they not show up? 
because they have this opportunity to connect to their loved ones sat either in front of you in a one-to-one or in a congregation. They may have this one moment to be able to get that contact to them. By God, they're going to be rushing to get that medium, aren't they? So as time went on, I, I became so familiar with doing the private sittings, doing the church services. I was maybe doing two church services a week, you know, so I was in that and also still, you know, sitting in circle and still doing some reading. So in a sense, it became my hobby, my life, my yeah. passion. I was not going out there to do soccer, football or running or, you know, sports is just not something that comes into Dominic's way of life. Sorry. You know, yeah. um, whereas other young people at that age should and probably would have been doing that thing. Nope. I was there in the spiritualist churches communicating with the so-called dead. It's interesting how the spirit world can, I want to say, take something often very, very painful and turn it into something so beautiful that can not only bring healing to to you, but to other people that cross your path. And so, you know, it resonates with me when you said, you know, the passing of your father is very much the catalyst for this unfoldment, but likely these latent abilities were always there within. Yeah. And that's something I truly believe, you know, um, people will always say to me, um, oh, can, can you, can you make me a medium or, or, uh, help me be a medium? And in reality, we don't make mediums. For me, I'm a true believer. You're either born a medium or you're not. Yes, we have all got our intuition. Yes, we can all have that psychic awareness and psychic ability. That's the human, that's the natural part of who we are. But, you know, not everyone will maybe have that strong bond or or connection with the spirit. So yes, we can do some workshops and classes and it may get us somewhere and it may be just where we're meant to be in that moment. But some people just take it very naturally. And I'm a true believer that if it is in the soul then the spirit will help that unfold for the medium. And for me, mediumship should be organic. It should be natural. And it should be as simple and as easy as you and I taking a breath each day. Absolutely. And with the development, I noticed myself with, um, you know, having participated in workshops and now teaching classes and workshops, there are many people that will come to this point in their life where they're curious about the spirit world and curious about life after death and wanting to look at, can they possibly make links with the spirit world? And they will go through some workshops and some classes, but they only take it so far. And do you think it's because they got what they needed from it and perhaps they weren't meant to, or maybe it wasn't part of their soul to be, can I say a medium, if you will? Yeah, you know, and I've seen it time again. And and one thing I will strongly state is there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because yeah. maybe unfolding into workshops and, you know, seeking, seeking your truth. Well, that may be a part of your healing process. That may be the part yeah. that got you to the next chapter of your story. Does it mean that you're going to go out there and... Um, connect with so many spirits and become very evidential and, you know, provide the wow factor, all that boring stuff. Well, maybe not, 
But just having a conversation with someone else who may not know about life after death, who might not have stepped foot into a spiritualist church, just by having that conversation of the experiences you have experienced through these classes or workshops, the simple little nudge that you can give them just by crossing the path may lead them into their journey as well. So again, it's the knock-on effect. Was it in their DNA for them to be a medium? Probably not. But like I said, we will all have some awareness, but there's some who naturally are much stronger than others. I mean, let's be serious. Yeah. If we look at um, musicians, you know, some children can just walk up to a piano and do a few keys on that piano and take to it naturally. Yes. Others through school will sit with a tutor and sit with someone to mentor them and help them learn that. And then maybe as they get into fifth grade or sixth grade, they're like, no, I prefer to play the flute. Yep. Or I prefer to do netball or hockey or something else comes in. But it got them to that stage. So I believe if it's in the soul, the spirit will take care of it. Is it right or wrong for, you know, coming so far and learning so far and then not doing anything with it? Absolutely not. It's just part of your journey. I totally agree with you. I don't think there's anything ever wasted no, in no, our be- in our connection about learning about spirit, learning about life after death, and also learning about ourselves. And that's one thing that people think about uh, mediumship. I've got to give messages. There's more to it than that. And my understanding, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it, is when we're developing our mediumship, we learn so much about ourself. And it's this discovery of self, the spiritualization of self. And that's I feel such a huge component of the mediumship development. What are your thoughts on that? It's it's absolutely true. But when we first start to develop mediumship, Mm -hmm. when the spirit first get our attention, it is so exciting. The adrenaline is pumping. We just cannot get enough. We cannot get enough. And I always say, you know, we spend so much time with the spirit rather here in the physical life. But then eventually when the spirit says, okay, Courtney now knows we are here. Courtney is now eager. She's now listening. They take a step back. And it's almost like they take you right to the very beginning. And this is where I call the soul is then starting to be expressed. This is when the soul is really starting to connect with Courtney for her to know who she is, to see what makes her tick, who she needs in her life, who she doesn't need in her life, what her ethnics are. And for me, from experience, my soul eventually started to bring my sexuality into it. I started to find, you know, what makes me tick, what I'm attracted to, what I'm not attracted to, what type of person I really am, the caring, Mm -hmm. the compassionate. So in a sense, we have to figure out who we are. We have to allow our soul to, in a sense, say, what about you? What about you? And that's why I always express to students, you must build a relationship with the spirit. You need to get to know how they work with you as they need to know how you work with them. It's a two-way, it's a partnership. And it's very important for us to really scratch the surface with the spirit, 
allow the spirit then to come with us on the journey, but also for us to embrace the soul and to allow ourselves to learn, to nourish and develop because we may ex- we may establish things through our own personal journey, not with the spirit, through our own personal journey that allows us to then question life itself, question ethnics. And for me, I just feel that it helps us become and so what, like a better person through that journey. Absolutely. It is the most incredible, difficult, amazing, challenging journey of become, I don't want to say becoming a medium, but allowing yourself to witness who you truly are. And mediumship is a part of that. And I'm just wondering what your thoughts are a little bit on your journey of mediumship. I'm sure it hasn't always been easy. And how did you how did you cope with all of that, especially going through so much at a young age? You know, it certainly wasn't easy. You know, let's be yeah. serious. There's I don't care what anyone says, there's no book that you can read that can tell you the journey of mediumship, what to expect, what not to expect. Um, you have to go through that on your own. And again, yeah. that comes back through that journey of the soul. And developing uh, at such a young age, even through school, you know, there'd be times where, you know, I'd be in the school library on a free period and at that point, you had to go do some reading of things that interested you. Here I was reading things about paranormal, ghosts, spooky <laughs> stuff, when yeah. all my friends are reading like Rodal and the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or things about um, tourism. And here is yeah. a weirdo in the corner reading about ghosts and Bigfoots and mm-hmm. all the weird stuff. So in a sense, I... I I could I could see myself being singled out from you know the the boys in the the school who were constantly going and playing the soccer and the football and whatever, but I was okay with that. I was okay with that. I was comfortable with who I was, you know. Um, through time, when uh, I started to do a little bit more working with the spirit, I started to have school friends' parents contact me for readings, and then my friends would then start to, you know, fall away from me because he knows too much about what's going on in our life. He knows that mum and dad's getting a divorce or he knows this. And in reality, I couldn't care less because when I finished my work, I just become back as Dominic, you know? And the hardest thing for me, Courtney, was having so many great friends and wonderful people around you that then when they started to realize what you do, realize what you can do, the friendship either became tethered and and started to distance, or then you start to realize these people are only around me to see if they can get readings or see if they can get connections or to see what they can gain from me. So that, in a sense, is very difficult to figure out who is in your life for that purpose and who is just being, if you want to say, a a, a leech or or a sponge So it's really hard finding that balance and it's very challenging, very challenging. But the biggest challenge was my grandparents, especially my my grandmother, she was brought up Catholic. And, um, you know, when she started to realize I was taking this more serious, she, you know, she was really like, and, you know, how are you going to make money? You need to get a job. You need to live. It's never going to work. And the belief from her just wasn't necessarily truly there. Yeah. Um, and like I said, we we don't have a big family, so 
you know, and a family opinion in a small family community means a lot, you yes, know. It does. But I, I just had to, I just had to go with it. I just, I just had to keep going and keep questioning, am I on the right path? Are you with me, spirit? Yes, we are. Let's keep going. So it had its challenges. It had its ups and downs. Um, but like everything, you just have to take the good with the bad. You, you know, you have to ride that storm and remember that no storm lasts forever, does it? Beautifully said, and it's true. I know that when I first started unfolding, everybody wanted free readings, family, friends. Okay, I was all excited about it. But then it was, they're only wanting to hang out when they want a reading. And yeah. I didn't like the feeling of that. And it was almost, and I don't know necessarily it was their intentions or it was ill intentions, but it, it felt like they were just wanting stuff. And then when yeah. I got into the ministry and began training as a spiritualist minister, I noticed that people just kind of started to drift away. And wow, you are taking this seriously. And you're not only a medium, but you're a minister. And people who I thought were really, really close friends and were my ride or dies, you know, partners yeah. in crime, they kind of just dropped off the face of the earth. And it was so difficult. And this is one of the things people don't always understand when they're watching TV shows and they say mediums performing. They don't always know about all the stuff that's happening no. in the background in our personal lives. And it's not all glamorous and it can be a very lonely path at very times. Lonely, yeah, yeah but, I would totally agree. But when we you develop this rapport with the spirit world, and I call them my friends because they really yep. are. I love them. I just couldn't imagine not having them in my life, you know? And when you develop that rapport with them, it becomes a friendship. And I mean, I talk to them all the time, even outside of doing readings. I really do. And yeah. they are so supportive and they're always there. And I think with that love and that support from them, it gives people like us who are in service that confidence and that trust and that knowing that at the end of the day, this is all going to work out. Even if maybe we don't know what the next step is, we're being led and we're being guided. And I think that's something that's so valuable about developing that relationship with them. Yeah. It's, it's allowing yourself to just, you know, go with it. And, you know, you, you pressed upon it, not knowing what the next chapter is, not knowing what the next step is, because when you and I don't, you know, people mm -hmm. always say, well, as a, as a medium or as a psychic, surely you've seen it coming. Don't be so silly. You know, we don't sit and try to read into our own lives. We're too emotionally attached. You see, yes. if we see something negative coming up, our human will say, no, that's not for us. We'll change it into something else. Or we try to create it into more of a positive. We create that mental block. So, you know, we, we don't necessarily know what's coming for, for us person next. And that's the beauty of the journey. Because if we knew perhaps what was ahead, would we continue on the journey? Maybe not. Would we try to change the journey? Probably. But would it be organic? No, it wouldn't. Isn't that the truth? You know, I just, I think about so many people's journeys, including my own. And like you said earlier on in the interview, Dominic, we don't wake up one day and go, oh, I want to be a medium and I want to talk to no. dead people, you know, no. and... I always it's say. like even me I I I, I laugh in, in a sense because I always like yeah I was a late bloomer because in, in reality I was you know I've I've grew up you know listening to all these weird and wonderful mediums who can 
you know, they tell stories of when they were six months of age lying in the crib and they can remember seeing their dead grandma come and tell them this. And, you know, all these beautiful stories of when they were a baby that could barely string a sentence together in, in English. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, oh, I didn't do that. I didn't see things like that. I wasn't aware of that. Is there something wrong with me? So I was then trying to fit myself into a category that I wasn't in that category. Yes, I was very psychic when I was younger. Only later in life I realized that. You know, I, I could talk about people. I would be out with my my, my best friends. Um, you know, one time my, my myself and my friend Siobhan were, were out in town. We were just talking and I, I used to say things like, oh, we've not seen um, we're friends such and such for a while. And we'd start talking. No, oh, I wonder what she's doing. Hope she's all right. We turn the corner and here she comes walking towards us. You know, so yeah. intuitively, I always had that there. But did I know it was psychic? Did I know it was my intuition? No, I didn't. I yeah. just, it was just weird. Was it coincidence? Who knew? Now I, now I know it's different. So we just have to allow our journey. That's, that's, uh, that's what people in development, and even if it's not developing, you know, to become a professional or whatever, own your journey own it you need yeah. to own it and just embrace it because it's what's going to make you the better person at the end product whenever that may be yes absolutely now i want to touch on something you are registered as blind mm-hmm. how True story has, i am <laughs> yeah so how has that hindered or helped your your mediumship where do we go with this? Um, so for me, where, where I I was perfectly visually able. I had no problems with my eyesight whatsoever. Uh, all my parents, my dad, my mom, my grandparents, my sister, they all wear glasses, whether it's for reading, writing or whatever. And uh, shortly after I, I had turned uh, 18, it was 2009, I had turned 18. And here in the UK, that's when you are legally allowed to go out and come uh, drink alcohol, go to nightclubs, mm-hmm. discos, whatever. So you can imagine, I was like, let's do this. Let's have some fun. You know, Saturdays, Sundays, weekends, when I was off work, I was out with friends and just, you know, living my life. Yeah. And um, I was working in a, a customer uh, call center for a, a television company uh, for uh, customer service. And I went into work one day and I was going on my computer and I was realized, God, that looks a little bit blurry. It doesn't look very, very clear. And I uh, called my mom and says to her, she got me an, uh, an appointment to go to the opticians. And we just went to the opticians in the mall uh, just to, to, to see what's going on. And I was in there for three hours, three hours. And I seen every optician in there to then have an emergency referral to our local hospital. So I went up to the hospital and uh, I seen the ophthalmologist on call and he you know, was doing things in my eyes. He was putting me up to machines, putting eye drops in. And then this other ophthalmologist came in and I went back and forth, back and forth to the doctors at the hospital for at least a week. And they had says, we suspect you have a brain tumour. And the brain tumour is leaning on your optic nerve and we need to act fast. So we are going to schedule you for an MRI scan and a CAT scan. Mm -hmm. So come back next week and we will see where it goes. So I left that hospital thinking, I'm going to die. I've got a brain tumour, I'm going to die. What's going on? 
went back, had the scans done, and the scans came back negative. There was no tumour. So I then had other bloods done. It took three months to be fully diagnosed with my condition, which is so rare that it took specific doctors and specific blood work to be done. And it's called Leber's Hereditary Optic Neuropathy. And basically what that means is the wires that connect to my eyeballs and my retina that then send the visual signals to the brain, they lie dormant. So out of 100% of those wires, I only have 20% that work. So basically, for you using a computer or for writing or for seeing in distance, you use your central vision. You use that for everything in your daily life. I don't have central vision. I really only have peripheral vision. Okay. So it became very depressing. Very depressing. I went from, you know, being out, living my life, partying and just having fun to at least three months of depression, Courtney. And um, in that depression, I I shied away from my friends. I shied away from my family. I locked myself away Mm -hmm. and um, I pulled out the why me card. Yeah. Why me? And it took me a while to really come back from that. And it was, you know, one or two really strong, prominent friends who really pulled me out of that darkness, gave me that shake. But I says to the spirit, okay, well, are you still there first and foremost? Because in that three months, I was not going to church. I basically abandoned them. Yeah. And what came back was, of course we are. And we are here when you are ready. And that's when I, you know, realized this has changed visually, but I can hear so much more. I can feel so much more. So I went from being very clairvoyant to then really starting to become clearer with my clairaudience. So then the spirit started to, to use my clairaudience to hear so much more. Has it helped me in my mediumship? 100%. I truly believe it has. I really do, because it's helped me hear things clearly when it comes to pronouncing names, to, uh, you know, being able to to say some things in a foreign language that maybe the spirit is speaking. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really helped me become what I like to say closer to the spirit. That whole saying, you lose one sense and you gain another, I truly believe is true. It was the hardest part of my life. Uh, I would even go extreme and say it was harder than losing my father Mm -hmm. because when I lost my father within a matter of a day or two I had him back in a sense yeah but losing my sight uh that was that was a horrendous horrendous time and uh I'm I'm at peace with it now I, I I have a wonderful life I've got a great support around me I've been able to master how I do things you you adapt Absolutely. We humans adapt, but let me tell you, it was a very challenging, a ch- challenging chapter of my life. Absolutely, and especially being so young too, and I've gone through so much really in su- such a short period of time, from fourteen to eighteen. Holy yeah. smokes, that can be—it's devastating. So no wonder you went through a depression. And the hardest—the hardest thing, the, the silly thing was for me. I had big aspirations of wanting to become a police officer, so you know I needed to drive. Well, here I am seeing all my friends at 18 starting to take driving lessons and learning to drive. That was taken out of of my control. I was never going to be able to drive. 
that was okay. That was the silly things. But I had a younger brother who was being very successful with soccer, taking after our dad. He was following in dad's footsteps. But I also had a niece. I had a baby niece. And what kept going through my mind was, I'm never going to be able to see them grow up. Mm. And maybe I will be here physically. I I personally was under the impression I was going to go completely blind, completely darkness, not see anything. And I was heartbroken to think I was never going to be able to see my little brother play his his sport, nor was I going to see my baby niece grow up to the woman or the the, the girl she's now. That's devastating. It really is. You made a mention of going through that dark period of time for like three months and then asking spirit, are you guys still there? And they were. And they still are. And what's so amazing is when we go through difficult times, people, we get focused on on what's going on in our humanness or in our human life. And we think, okay, well, we don't feel or see or sense spirit. They must not be there. But it's good to know. And it's important for people to know that spirit's always there. Just sometimes they move in the background a little bit just to give us our space to to work through some of those physical things or those things of, yeah. I'm going to say, of the, of the world of matter. But yet, if we call upon them, they're right there. And it's amazing, this relationship that we can have with these beautiful souls. Well, I think, you know, the, the, the thing that I always focus on, and I always say it to students as well, and I hope it doesn't come across contradicting, but, you know, I was a human before I was a medium. Yeah. And I always say that to people, you're a human before you, are a, you were a medium, you have your human life first. And, yeah. you know, that whole saying, if you can't heal yourself or deal with your own baggage, then how can you sit and try to help others through that? You know, you really, and it's again, part of the journey, isn't it? Yeah. So, Although, and it, it's, it's terrible to say, although I abandoned the spirit, they never abandoned me, you know? So it's so touching. Gives me goosebumps. Absolutely. How did your mediumship turn into teaching, Dominic? Well, my, uh, my own teacher, uh, eventually, she, she was out in America working, so there was no one left to, to take the circle or to, to do. So in a sense, I was basically like her sidekick. I was her mini-me. I knew the church inside out. I knew everything uh, that was to, to be known when it came to what she teaches, in a sense. Yes. So um, I, in default, I guess, was left teaching the, 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 the students and teaching the circle while she was touring and then as I just went on and started to, to grow with my own mediumship, doing my own things, more and more people across the UK were asking me to, you know, can you come to our church and teach? Can you come to our centre and teach? And seeing the people come through the doors with lots of experience, no experience, whatever they, wherever they were on their journey, just being able to help them and say, well, this is how I do it. This is how this works for me. What about this? What about that? And seeing the light bulb moments and that smile come on so many students' faces, it just fulfilled me. It absolutely fulfilled me. But my greatest teacher was the spirit, yes. you know, and I developed uh, very strange and unique techniques through many years of, of working as a medium that has made me as successful as I am. It's not me. It's not Dominic. It is the spirit. I just show up, as I always say, but they've taught me so much to be able to then share for others 
and things just took off from there. And it's, it's one of my biggest, biggest passions is being able to help people simplify and make their mediumship organic so that then they can have that knock-on effect for those who they, they come across and help heal and connect with as well. So, yeah, my, uh, my own mentor uh, was out in America working and uh, by default, I was left taking the circle. And I just grew into that mentor as, as my years unfolded. Have you found that being under or being trained under a spiritualist um, in the spiritualist church has really helped you with your foundation and your background and your understanding? Or did it more just come through your connection with spirit or they're, they're teaching you? Well, let's, let's, let's be serious. I, I, I had to have someone sit and take me by the hand and explain to me what was going on. I, I really needed that foundation and I really needed that mentor in a sense to be there and explain um, the, 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 the beginnings of, of Dominic's new way of life. Did they create me into who I am? Has that uh, been my solid foundation throughout? No, because after the two years of sitting in circle, I then began working as a medium. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have the time to consistently still sit in the circle. So that's when I became to have my relationship with the spirit. They take me, they guide me, they show me the way. So in reality, I only had two years of proper foundation training. After that, it was me and the spirit out in the big bad world. And that can be some of the best teaching. Um, my own mentor, she had some training in the beginning, very limited. And she was at a point where her teacher said, I've taught you all I can teach you. That's it. <laughs> she was and devastated. And I'm a believer of that. Yeah. And she was devastated. And I said, oh my goodness, I couldn't imagine if she'd ever said that to me. I've taught you all, you know, you got to go beat it. Yep. Bye -bye. <laughs> See ya, right? Oh my God. I'd be devastated. I said, well, how did you handle that? She said, I asked the spirit world and they said, not to worry, we're going to teach you. And it's through that trusting as well and surrendering to the spirit that they can really help us unfold our abilities in ways that sometimes can be so limiting by human mentors, if that makes yeah. sense too, right? Because, Absolutely. yeah. And that's something, you know, that's something that I, I feel, this is going to sound absolutely ridiculous to say, but I actually feel blessed uh, in, in some way with my mediumship that my, my abilities or my relationship with the spirit have not been tainted or manufactured with an influence of others. And it took me a long time to get to that place, Courtney, because, you know, as I was developing and then going out to work, like I said, I was maybe doing two churches a week. I was in school at the time as well. So I, I had a busy schedule, didn't have a lot of money. You know, doing a church, you were, you were lucky if you got fuel money for, for getting there. And that, that was fine. That was okay. You know, I'm 16. Yeah. I don't really want, I don't need the money in a sense. It's not, I'm still living off of mum. But I was coming across lots and lots of weird and wonderful people who were telling me they had been trained by this big medium, they had been trained by this big medium, and they've been to this college, and they've been to this center. And I was starting to, to get a bit envious and get a little bit jealous, like, wow, wow, how, how whoa. Yeah. But I didn't have the time to be able to go on these courses or to go to this medium and that teacher I, I just had, I had me in spirit, 
you know, because I was out there doing the work. And that's where I truly believe the spirit had taught me everything I know to this day and still do teach me as I go through this journey, as through the readings that I do with people and through the, 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 the live shows and galleries and churches that I do, every connection and every spirit personality I communicate with in the spirit world, there's a lesson, there's an experience, there's something new for Dominic to say, uh-huh. And then that aha uh -huh then has me pondering and question the spirits to then take to students to turn into exercise to then turn into tasks. So, yeah, I did. I felt a little bit envious that these people were able to, <laughs> you know, go to all these weird and wonderful weeks and everything. And I, I, I didn't. I've only ever had one teacher um, for two years of my whole development. And look at you now. And I look know, what you And look what you and Spirit <laughs> are doing now. It's incredible. Yeah. And that's why I personally believe that it was just what Dominic was meant to do. As much as I could try to curveball it or do something more, here I am still 15 years later, uh, at the age of 30, still walking with the spirit rather than trying to do something else. So I've given up trying to, to, to do something else or be someone else. I'm very happy being Dominic the medium and talking to the unseen world and being able to heal hearts and reunite families. So I'm good with that. <laughs> it's incredible. And it's the most unique, amazing journey. And it has its highs, lows, and in between. But when you have that connection with spirit, it's like they dangle the carrot or give you that little slice, that little taste of cake. And it's like, you can't go back. Yeah. Yeah. You just can't so go true. back. You can't go back. And you can't get it anywhere else, can you, really? It's no, so unique. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Do you have any words of advice maybe for people that are considering developing or like they're in their early stages of development and they're maybe not sure, you know, if they want to proceed with it? First and foremost, I would just really say to them that be you. Yeah. Be you. Do not try to be Dominic. Don't try to be like Courtney or whoever. Be you. Be organic. Allow your mediumship to unfold naturally. Be patient. And remember that the spirit world have seen some magic within you, not within anyone else, within you. So allow them to nourish that and allow them to bring that out there. And if it's today, it will blossom. If it's next year, it will blossom. There's no time frame on your development. Go and see as many mediums do their 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 craft, demonstrate, um, go to different classes, watch different YouTubes, just be a sponge and absorb. But remember that you'll not get it any better teacher than the spirit themselves. So build that relationship and just practice, practice, practice. Amazing advice. And it's so valuable. It sounds simple, but it's not. And nope. and just take your time with it, folks, because you're always going to be learning. It doesn't matter if you've been doing this for two weeks, two years, 20 years. Yeah. You're always learning and let spirit guide you. They're never going to lead you wrong. It's got to be fun. You know, I always say yeah. to missions as well, if they get so worked up or so nervous or whatever, I'm like, you know, what's the worst that can happen? The person can say no, that's okay. Yeah. Let's 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 not get so caught up in it. Enjoy the journey. Have fun with it. You know, I, I people always say to me, "What you still do private readings? 
hell yes, I do. St- I still do private readings. Yeah. Why do you still do private readings? Well, why would I not do private readings? I'm not a psychic medium that runs a bakery. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> a, a psychic medium does readings, you know? Yes. And in those readings is where beauty happens. That's where magic really happens. That's where you have the opportunity to help change someone's life with the help of the spirit. And people always say, oh, private readings are scary. They're Oh, they're intimidating. And I say, they're not really if you just mm. look at it as an adventure. Let's just yeah. see where the spirit lead us. All you can do is show up. And yeah. I just think it's an absolute gift on its own to be able to sit with a broken mother or to help heal a husband who's lost his wife and just to sit with them and not deliver message, but to allow them to have a conversation with their loved one once again. You know, it's, it's priceless. It's transforming lives one message at a time. And yep. It's also not even, it's healing for the people that are sitting in front of us, our clients, the recipient. But think about how healing it is, folks, for the people on the other side who want to be able to say, you know what, don't worry about it. I know you weren't able to say goodbye or I wasn't able to say goodbye, but I'm still here with you. It's bridging those two worlds and being that middle person. And that's what medium is. We're just, we're in the middle. We're the communicator. And there's no greater gift or privilege to be able to do the work. Yeah. It actually makes me emotional to, to think about it sometimes, you know, being able to, to have that privilege to, mm-hmm. you know, for that person, they have chosen, but I don't believe the human chooses. I believe the spirit in some way book the readings and, you know, make it happen. And I do way. too. Um, I do you too. Know, I'm crazy that way, but, you know, I just think it's an absolute honor an honour to be able to sit, you know, a, a few days ago, I just, I was down London um, touring and I just came back the, the other evening and I, I had a, a girl, a young lady, a young mother, um, who had one our, our free reading at the end of the evening and I, I, I sat with her and brought forward her, her grandma and then I brought forward her uncle and then they had said to me, let her know that we have her son, her baby's here. And I said that to her and she broke down and, you know, we went into the communication so much more. And she says, I've been to so many mediums, I've done this, I just needed to know that that he was with them, that he's okay, mm. et cetera, et cetera. And I says, it wasn't about the right medium, it wasn't about the right person. What it was about was divine timing. The timing now in your life you were ready to get that contact from him because yeah. you've healed that bit more, you're ready to appreciate it more. I says, it's not about the young boy coming all the way down from Scotland to London it could have happened from anyone, but it was about divine timing. And I feel so honoured that that timing was right for me and her to then allow her little boy in the spirit to then touch his mum and to give her her confirmations that helps her keep moving forward into her new life. That is incredible. Beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And it's true. Sometimes those who are in the grieving, they're not yet at that right time or in the right mindset or in the stage of their grieving to fully appreciate, I want to say appreciate, but fully receive all of the healing that can come through that contact. And so, you know, there's all of these things that go on that the spirit world knows when's the right time to appear. So, you know, sometimes, you know, recipients, of course, they come into a reading with expectations, of course. Yeah, that's 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 Yeah, that's a no-brainer, isn't it? Yeah, I get it. 
But understanding too that the spirit, they decide when the time is right and trusting in that and knowing that even if they don't come through in a contact, doesn't mean they're still not there. They're yeah. still just allowing you to to do a little bit more healing. So um, a good a good lesson for everybody who's listening as well too, whether you're developing mediumship um, or you're somebody who's just curious about it and want to learn a little bit more. They decide. The mediums don't have control over who comes through. We nope. just open ourselves up and 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 open up our awareness and connect you with those who gather close. That's all. That's all we can do. It's funny. Someone someone says to, uh, to my assistant Kimberly the other day um, down in, in London, how how do the spirits know to come with Dominic? And Kimberly looked, and she's quite new to this. Although she's my personal assistant, she doesn't know everything about this. And yeah. she says, well. The, the, the spirits don't come with Dominic. And the, the, the true lady says, well, where do they come from? She <laughs> says, well, they're your loved ones. They come with you. Yes. They hang around with you. So if you're coming to an evening to hear from, you know, spirit, then your loved ones know to come and try to show up. And they were downfounded that I do not have a backpack with all these spirits around the world to just say, right, here we go. Here's your mum. You, know, you imagine like, absolutely you know and I'm like nope and basically for for those uh questioning or wondering you know about spirits it's the emotional bond that keeps us together it's that love that yes. keeps our world and their world still attached so if you know a, a husband who's just lost his wife chooses to then seek a medium well if his wife is ready and able and she feels that he is ready and able to hear the contact, then she will show up in the same room as the medium, as is he, to then start the communication, to start the conversation. It's not that they hang around with the mediums. You know, it's not 0800 dial a spirit, is it? Let's be serious. Oh if my God, that was I, that great. I love you say that because I say it all the time. There's no 1-900 dial a spirit. I say the exact mm -hmm. same thing. That's so funny. People go, what? Is it no? If I could, it sure make my job a lot easier. Absolutely, it would be like no pressure. <laughs> Hold on, I'll just dial up. <laughs> like, is her dad there? No, he's he's just gone to the the store. He'll be back soon. Let's wait. <laughs> you know. Oh, you but it's the emotion. Fun. It's the love, and you know, I just as I sit and I I go through, you know, how I work and prepare my client. Once I've done that, I just take a moment and I just. In my heart and in my soul, I just say, welcome, friends. Allow me to become aware of you. And that's basically me allowing to, you know, see that veil then be lifted to see who then has came with the client. It's beautiful. Dominic, you have been busy traveling, doing workshops, classes, private readings. Do you want to tell my listeners what you've got going on or have coming up and how they can get in contact with you? Absolutely. So, um, coming up, I'm just about to finish. I've got three more uh, live shows to finish of my Whispers from Heaven tour, uh, which I started after COVID when we were allowed to go back out into the world. And uh, later on this month, two weeks, I am finally heading back out to America um, to continue uh, my uh, tour, Whispers from Heaven stateside. So uh, I'm heading back out to the East Coast, and I'm absolutely ecstatic about that because 
before COVID, I was spending five months of the year uh, touring America and uh, out there teaching and um, so forth. And then COVID happened, so I wasn't able yeah. to do that. So this is the first time I've been back out since uh, COVID, which is three years. Um, so I'm looking forward to, to doing that and uh, doing my, my live shows out there and uh, connecting with all the, the beautiful people. And then I come back from uh, America in October. I'm out there for 12 weeks and I have a residential retreat coming up with myself, uh, a trans and physical uh, medium and teacher, Scott Milligan, mm -hmm. and uh, a friend and special colleague, spirit artist, uh, Josephine McKenzie. We are taking over this beautiful, beautiful manor country house in the middle of nowhere in the heart of Scotland uh, for five days, five days of intensive tra uh, training, uh, workshops, classes, and um, we've got students coming from all over the, the world. We've got people coming from Sweden, Germany, America, Ireland, London, Austria, and um, it's going to be fantastic. And then after that, I start my winter tour, uh, which is Seasons Greetings uh, with your loved ones. And then I, I will be finished for the year. So throughout the year, uh, I tour extensively across the, the UK, America uh, and Europe and uh, doing private readings, as you said, and teaching uh, and so forth. So I'm a busy boy. And although I'm constantly on the road, uh, I still uh, I still do online readings, uh, Zoom, telephone. Well, I've done that, you know, since I was a young boy anyway with Skype. You know, you used to yeah. dial up Skype for readings before Zoom and things. Um, you had to pay a lot of money to connect to your clients in Australia and New Zealand and things. But now we've got Zoom. So, yeah, that's what I do. And uh, all, all my uh, dates, et cetera, will be up soon for, for next year. And uh, it's just dominicbogue.com. And for my US, it's dominicbogue.com forward slash US. Awesome. You are busy. Holy smokes. So yes. lots of lots of ways and lots of opportunities for people to connect with you. So after uh, the show, everybody, you'll be able to take a look in the show notes. I will put links into Dominic's website where you can check out all of his upcoming events, book your own private reading, and you can get in touch with him through there. Dominic, it has been such an honor and privilege to have you on the show. And it's been amazing to have you share your voice with my listeners. Listen, the pleasure is all mine. I feel divine timing and I feel the unseen world brought it together for us to create some beautiful conversations and your podcast will touch and reach and help so many people. So again, the honor is all mine for having me and for giving me your time today. Sincerely. You are most welcome. And everybody, thanks for listening and have an amazing day. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of The Connected Spirit. If you did, please leave me a review and a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you do feel called to share this with your friends, thank you so much for tagging me on Instagram at Medium Courtney Dawson. It really helps to get the word out about this podcast so we can help more people just like you. If you're interested in a private reading or attending any one of my mentoring classes, workshops, or events, you can go to MediumCourtneyDawson.com or check me out on Instagram at Medium Courtney Dawson. Have a great day, guys.